This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Getting a company organized, especially if you're newer to entrepreneurship, can often seem daunting. With a hundred tasks all seemingly of equal urgency and importance, so how do you sort through the mess and actually focus on the work that really matters? I have Owen McNabb Anawo, CEO and co-founder of Sweet Process, on the line with me to talk about simplifying your organization's operations. So, Christine, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, and I really appreciate it. And so, like you said, uh, name Owen Magabinao, CEO of uh, Sweet Process, like sweet like candy, process like process. So, just a quick background on how we started, and you know, feel free to uh, reel me in at any time. So, uh, back in 2013, the fourth quarter of 2013 was when we started Sweet Process. But before that, I used to have uh, an agency where I would provide entrepreneurs here in the U.S. with uh, uh, basically back office support. Basically, I had a team in the Philippines that would be doing their work for them. So what had happened was that a lot of these entrepreneurs had read these books like The 4-Hour Work Week, The World is Flat, and then they realized that, hey, you know, uh, well, it's not only the larger companies that can do this thing where they would have like, you know, seats of 150 people doing their, t- uh, their, their support and all that, they realized that even the small to medium-sized businesses could do this because these books opened them to that idea. But the issue was when they would reach out to me, uh, so we'll get them as a client, uh, but they had this false idea, thinking that, you know, magically, once they give us the work, the person who's in a different country, different culture, will just basically be able to come in and do the work and do it the way they've always done it. So I had to spend some time instilling them that, hey, you know, uh, it's wanting to even have employees working with you in your office and you still need this, particularly when you have somebody working for you uh, in a different country, uh, a different country and different culture, you do need to have uh, standard operating procedures in place as a baseline for how the work is done. So over time, as they keep doing the work, that can be improved upon, but at least you know there's something that they are working based off on. And so what we would do back then was we would come on Skype and do kind of like a you know, session, like say, okay, show us a specific task you want us to take over, walk through how you do it, and then we'll record that session on Skype. And then someone on my team would take that session and then turn that into basically uh, written standard printing procedures with pictures and all that. But the problem we ran into was back then, and even and even till now for a large estimate, that most of the tools that were built uh, specifically to solve this problem of having procedures in place, right, was difficult to use. Some, some of them were actually enterprise-level tools where they were not even concentrating the smaller guys when they built it. Or some of them were built with the mindset that maybe it was going to be a process consultant going to use this. So it was so technical with jargons and stuff like that. So back then, like I was like, if it's hard for even my team to use it, imagine how hard it is for the client who I'm trying to instill this mindset into for them to, to use it. And so one of the things we started doing was hacking about a bunch of different tools that we're not meant for this to try to, you know, kind of get our way there from the standpoint of documenting, you know, procedures and so on and so forth. And so in my mind, I was like, you know what, I'm going to find a solution for this. Maybe figure out a way to either build mine or find something. Mm-hmm. And then I started, you know, going on podcasts. I went on a podcast called Mixergy, uh, hosted by Andrew Warner, just, you know, similar like, like to this one. And I was on there to teach how entrepreneurs can uh, uh, systematize the operation and document how work is done. And lo and behold, my co-founder all the way from uh, um, Australia, his name is Jervis, listened to the call and reached out to me. And he's a programmer. And he was like, dude, I love what you were teaching on how people can you know, uh, uh, document procedures and stuff like that. I'm trying to build a software 
and, and I liked your ideas of what we were talking about. Uh, can, I, can I get some pointers from you? And so after we had a conversation, I was like, dude, not only do I want to give you pointers, do you mind if we build this together, right? Because this is an issue that I was facing and I felt like we needed, it needed to be built. Mm. And he said, okay, let's go ahead. And I said, but first, one thing's first, we were not going to go ahead and build the software because, you know, developers, they love to just jump in there and build stuff. Because I said, if we do that, we're going to end up being a software that is feature bloated and crazy mm. and hard to use like all the other ones that we're in. What, I, what we should do instead was spend time with potential customers, have conversations with them as to what were the problems that we're having from the standpoint of giving employees that single place where they can find all the instruction on how to do their work? What was blocking them from achieving that? What was, what was preventing employees from actually doing stuff like that? And so we spent like a month or so having conversations, over 30 or so conversations with people, and we were able to gather from them the real issues that we're having. Obviously, some of them suggest this feature or the other, but we, we didn't stop there. We yeah. said, okay, why, why are you asking this? We the, the rule of five whys, where someone tells you something, but you instead of taking what they tell you for, for what it is, you go try to go layers deep, like peeling the onions. <laughs> and so we're able to identify some root causes of issues that people all had across the board. And we said, okay, let's go ahead and build the software based on that. Mm-hmm. And that was the fourth quarter of 2013. And now, pushing forward, now we have over uh, 1,500 companies using our, our software. And the companies are typically between 20 to uh, hundred uh, employees, and sometimes we have some that are up to a thousand. Mm. And and what happens is it runs the gamut from law firms to doctors uh, to to uh, uh, um, state government uh, departments to hospitals. So because the problem we're solving, it doesn't matter what kind of company you're in. You cannot grow and scale a company without having these type of documents, standard operating procedures in place for employees to do their work. So Absolutely. that's a quick story of how we started. Yeah, and I love that. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I think maybe leaders don't think about necessarily. Um, And that's one of the challenges, right, of not just, you know, I know that I need to get this task done. I know how I would like to get it done. But especially when you lead a team and to pass that information along to, you know, uh, your subordinates, your teammates, to transfer that knowledge sometimes is a bit difficult. And I think it's also really important to have these sort of documentation to have at least a baseline, right, for uh, the way that the processes work in your organization. You know, I think it's also really interesting because everyone learns differently. And that's a huge issue when it comes to the transfer of knowledge in a company as well. You know, you can be as quote-unquote good of a teacher as you want but if that person doesn't if their learning style doesn't fit the way that you teach they're never going to learn what you're teaching right so i love that i love uh the idea of you know the technology is one thing the software is one thing and of course very helpful tool but the real crux of how to solve these problems is asking those questions so i think before we get started into the sort of how to fix things let's talk about the problems that need to be fixed right what are some of the main issues uh, that you've encountered in your line of work that really prevent executives from passing on uh, their knowledge or sort of passing on um you know their standard operating procedures for tasks in their company so first of all a lot of, a lot of times it's like they don't even know where to start right and then that's one thing that we can help them identify another thing is also, if they, for instance, know where to start, they don't even know like how complicated uh, this document should be. They, automatically, their mind goes to, I need to document an encyclopedia with so much instructions. But in this call, I'm going to show, give them the permission that that's not the case. Right? And another thing, too, that they run into is they probably feel they don't have the time because automatically they think they, oh, wait, first of all, I'm this busy entrepreneur, busy, busy executive or manager with so many things, so many hats I'm wearing. 
I know I need to be able to document procedures, but where am I going to find the time mm. to do this? So these are the kind of things that, uh, uh, you know, are blockers that will help to kind of eliminate in this call. Yeah. And it's really funny as well, that whole thing of like, I don't have time to do this because once you do it, you'll free up so much time in the future, right? Like that's actually, it's a preventative thing. Where, where do you start then? Uh, where do you start with this process of beginning to, let's talk about maybe, let's say someone who's just starting out, right? And just starting their company or just starting a task or, or something like that. Where do they begin to, yeah, how do they start this documentation? So we have to, uh, the listener has to ask themselves a question before they document anything. This very task I'm trying to document, is it actually required for the business? Because a lot of times they have this whole thing of tribal knowledge where it's this is how we've always done it, especially in this, you know, older companies and stuff like that. And well, this is now, right? Is this something that because we've always done it, is it necessary for us to do it now? And if the answer to that question is no, I, I want to give the listener the permission to just eliminate eliminate the thing altogether because we're not going to spend any time documenting something that is really not required. So mm-hmm. if, if if that's the case, now we're done, we're left with uh, tasks that are actually uh, required. And obviously, if you are looking at it from another angle, there's like, you're not going to document a procedure or checklist for a task that you do like once and, you know, once and that's it, right? Yep. You're going to be doing... Uh, the regular tasks. For tasks that are happening on a recurring basis, like say, maybe weekly, daily, every month. It happens on a regular cadence, right? Because that's why you actually need to have a procedure in place, right? So now... We are left with required tasks that are happening on a recurring basis. Now, now the next question to ask, basically the listeners asking themselves is, well, is this task a revenue-generating task versus a task that is more of production? It, is, it, it doesn't produce, it, it doesn't generate the revenue or bring the customers in, but it kind of, you know, delivers the product that the customers are looking for. Mm. I would say don't start with the revenue-generating tasks because that sounds like interesting. Oh, I'm going to go figure out the document how we do you know, bringing customers and the sales and marketing. But the reality is that if you have a lot of bottlenecks on the production side and you go ahead and document how the work is done on this other side of the marketing and the sales and all that, and you actually are successful in being able to bring in people to take over from you, follow your instructions that you document, you're going to have more customers coming in to this bottleneck, which means more complaint, more headache. So I'd rather you focus on the production side of things Right, and look for the single biggest bottleneck first. And how do you know which is the single biggest biggest, biggest bottleneck? The one that people keeps asking, how do we do this? The one that keeps frustrating you the most. The one that every time you're about to do, like, oh gosh, I wish I didn't have to do it. I mean, it's it's really easy to figure out what what that is for you as the one in the company or for you as the manager or whatever. Now start with that one. Now the next thing I want to do is give you the permission to to, to realize that, or even install in your mind as well as the mind of your employees and, and people underneath you that this is not going to be perfect. This is going to be a thing of continuous improvement. So that gives you guys the permission to say, oh, we're going to start from version 1.0, and version 1.0 is not going to have that much information. And from there, we will build upon this stuff, right? So I want everybody to have that mindset going into it. I love that and I think that's a really interesting way of uh, identifying the right tasks to document the process of but we do have to take a short break do stay on the line with me for a second this is Razor Game I'm speaking to Owen and Owl about simplifying your organization's operations and you're listening to Razor Game here on BFM 89.9 Business Finance and Music BFM 89.9 
listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. On the line with me today, I have Owen Bagab Nao, CEO and co-founder of Sweet Process on the line with me to talk about simplifying your organization's operations. Before the break, we talked about how to identify the tasks that need to be documented in the first place, as well as why it's so important. And uh, Owen, I believe you were just about to say uh, how to start documenting these tasks. Okay, great. And thanks for letting me know where to start back from. So, Basically, people might be thinking, oh, I have to go ahead and have an encyclopedia in here with all this so much information. But I'll say start with version 1.0 where at a time and the best time to even document this is when you're actually doing the task. Because if you're trying to remember how what it, how the work goes to document it, that's too much. Just the next time you're trying to work on this task, open up a, a document, whatever, and Step one, as you're first of all, give the, the 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 procedure a title that anybody in your company sees that title, they know exactly what they can accomplish with this very uh, the procedure. And as you are going through each step of the task, write step one, title of the step. Step two, title of the step. But don't worry about the details of the steps just yet. As a matter of fact, what I'm trying to have you document at, while you're working on the task is a skeleton outline, which I, I like to call minimum, minimum viable procedure. And once you're done, you just if you're working on a, 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 a task that has 10 steps, for instance, you will just have a procedure with the title and a 10 step. So what do you do from, from this point is you'd give that uh, procedure to any manager or any employee that you have uh, discussed how to do this work with verbally before. Say, okay, the next time you're working on this task, have this document right there in front of you. So as you are working on it, you can go into that procedure that has some steps in it and go in there and start entering some details into it. Don't put that much details. And the details could be like some text, some screenshot, or like a, 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 a quick snippet of a video that you recorded and, and just you know, have it uh, linked to it there. But it's just something so that we have this going from this outline that we have to some more details filled in. And then the manager does the same thing also to the employees who are doing work on this behalf using this procedure, they keep uh, looking at it and putting more feedback into it and then passing that feedback back to the manager and then the manager is able to up, uh, up, uh, update the information. And before you know it, <clears throat> this document goes from the outline that we started with to something that has more meat into it. Love that. And I think the collaborative nature of a task like that, um, of actually sort of crowdsourcing the information also helps to prevent a little bit of that block, right, that we talked about before the break, where maybe your teaching style is not the same or your learning style is not the same as someone else's because you have that influence from multiple people in the way that they think and the way that they are approaching the task and they can add their thoughts into that document that you can then sort of whittle down into its like basis parts. And yes, so the thing now is that people think <clears throat> that it has to be all by yourself. But what I just showed you is how you collaborate with your employees to do it. And so you've done it for the first bottleneck in the production side of things. You identify, you've done this now. You identify the next uh, bottleneck. Do the same dance. And before you know, you keep looking for the next bottleneck after the next on the production side of things. And before you know, you're done documenting all that. You can now start doing the exciting stuff where you start looking at the marketing and sales related income generating tasks and doing the same thing. Knowing that when you go through that whole process, this whole dance, you are able to now document how you do those things from a revenue generating standpoint. And now you can actually bring in more people who can follow these baseline instructions, knowing that even when you are yeah, successful in following your instructions to get more customers, well, there's not going to be an issue or a bottleneck on the production side of things. So that is how you do this stuff. That is really interesting. And I think it sounds so simple, right? And it makes complete sense to start essentially with the back end stuff first. It's like you can't make a cake without a recipe and then expect to sell cakes 
when you don't have mm-hmm. the recipe. I mean, it's really as simple as that, right? So I think that is really fascinating. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about then as you sort of start to scale a little bit more. And let's say you are a company that's been around for a while and you don't have any of the documentation. You've just sort of been, you know, getting stuff done. And I think that's something that a lot of people will fall into that trap, right? They, they just focus on, I have so many tasks to do. I just have to get them done. I don't have, like you said earlier, I don't have the time to sit down and document all of this. Where do you begin once you're sort of in the flow of things? You've been doing this for a while and you don't have any of this documentation. So it's, it's still the same dance. It's still the same. First of all, asking yourself, uh, you know, what should we get rid of? Because we don't want to start by bringing what you know, we don't need to be uh, adding in here. So it's the same thing. But also, too, with a company like that, they even have more resources available to them where, you know, they might even be able to spearhead this thing faster by even, oh, nah, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you can, if, if you don't have the time to do this or your employees don't have the time to do this or you're blocked because you have so much, so lot, a lot of work to do, you can actually hire process consultants, right, who can come into your company and their job is to basically analyze all the different systems you have in place and go ahead and do the same thing for you and look through all your system and help you brainstorm and decide, okay, what documents to have. And in the case where you already have, uh, you know, this pre-existing knowledge where you don't, you, you, you've not even uh, had the time to document it, what they will do is just spend some time. Uh, like we were doing back when I was running my company, just have several conversations with with whoever different managers in the different department to figure out okay, what are the different tasks and just have conversations on how it's done and stuff like that. And they can use that as the basis to build out this documentation for them. And so this is kind of a way to spearhead a thing when they, they, they cannot do it themselves, but to go through a third party like a process consultant. Mm. And I think that's also really important where it's like, just because you're a leader does not mean you have to be solely responsible for documenting everything yourself. It can be a team effort. You can delegate it to someone else. I think also what is interesting to me uh, as well is that uh, maybe sometimes as a leader, you started off or like, you know, when you first start a company, you're the person doing everything yourself. You're the person who's getting all these tasks done. As you start to scale, of course, you're delegating these tasks to other people. Those people can be the persons to start documenting these tasks. It doesn't have to be you, right? And I think, again, going back to that level of collaboration, going back to that level of teamwork and that crowdsourcing of information. And then also, I think there's also a fear as well of like, oh, I don't know how um, how long it will take for a new person to learn this so that they can document it. Or, you know, like, for example, in the case of a third-party person. But, you know, some for some people, that's quite literally their job. And I think it's important to, to trust in other people with your processes, right? And to actually trust that they will be able to uh, put together this documentation in a way that will benefit everyone in your company. Yeah. And also, uh, people might also argue that, oh, maybe having this documentation might you know, basically turn us into robots where the, the job is boring, whatever. But the reality is I, I feel like having this kind of mindset is from the grounds, from the, from the standpoint of the employees on the ground, which other way is will you be able to affect the way your work is being done, other mm-hmm. than if, if a company allows you to be part of that documentation process because they have literally said, hey, it's not just going to be only going to be management or the managers that are going to do this, but as you do your work, here are the documents that you are looking at, uh, going to do uh, your work with, and if you can run across anything, any insight, any changes that need to happen, no matter how small, you know, go ahead and pass your feedback back to us. How else do you feel your voice is being heard other than that? Because you're literally affecting the way you do the work every day. Yeah. And if your, your management or your, your, your managers are willing to take that feedback from you and actually improve the underlying document, now you're basically helping to not only improve how work is done, have your voice be heard, but also 
affect the way the work you actually do every day. So I think that's the, even the best kind of culture to have in a company. Mm. So it's fabulous for employee engagement, which is a huge issue right now as well, right? You want to get your employees invested in the processes of the company and you don't want them to feel like they're just going through the motions every day and documenting these processes and getting your company involved is a fantastic way to do that, number one. And number two, I think uh, another thing that you hit on is you can't improve your routines if you don't know what they are, right? I think that is a fabulous uh, way to look at it where, you know, if you are not actually sure, if you don't have any strict or, well, not strict, but any, I guess, official documentation on what your processes actually are, you may never know that there's maybe a certain pain point that could be fixed. There's a certain uh, shortcut that you could take. You know, there's a mistake that you're making in uh, one of the parts of the process is that, oh, you didn't identify because you, you're just so focused on, oh, I just have to get this done. Um, so I think that's that's really interesting. And I'll give you another reason why this is necessary, because if you remember, we're, we're only documenting uh, procedures for tasks that is recurring, right? Yeah. So imagine if you have a task that is required task that happens probably once every maybe three months or whatever, right? And But it's, it's, it's important. It needs to be done, but you don't have documentation in place. So as the person who does this work, at the time you don't want to do the work, you have to spend some time trying to remember how the work is done. This is time being wasted trying to remember how it's done. And then now, after going through that whole thing and trying to remember how it's done, now you want to do the work, right? But on the other hand, if you had these procedures in place, already documented, you don't have to spend any minutes of your brain cycle trying to figure out how it's done. It's literally right there in front of you. You start working on it. So what this hap happens is not only you save time, but because you can get to the work much faster, as you're doing the work, you're able to now identify places that need improvements. And I feel this is where the creativity happens, where because you can get the work faster, you identify places that need improvement, you can bring that back to the team and say, hey, we used to do step one, two, and three like this, but I, you know, I just discovered a new way to do stuff and we shouldn't do it this way. You know, and you guys discuss among yourself you know, uh, the merits around, around what you suggested. And now once it's been proven by maybe the managers, oh, yes, this makes sense to, to be added, you can put it back into uh, the system and update the, the underlying document. But if you had to spend all that time trying to think of how you did it the old way, you don't even have enough time to think of how to innovate it. Mm -hmm. Lovely. All right, Owen, it's about time for us to wrap up the conversation. But before we go, I do understand that you have some resources to share uh, with our listeners as well. Awesome. So uh, you've learned how to go ahead and document procedures and where to identify, where to start, so on and so forth. But people might be having a situation where they don't know where to, like they want to see something. Like So what I do have is a 52 uh, standard operating procedure template. It comes to you in a PDF that you can go and download and you have a bunch of procedures and then you can tweak it and uh, you know shape it for your own specific needs. Uh, to get that, just go to sweetprocess.com forward slash raise your game so that the name of the podcast was sweet like candy process like process so sweetprocess.com forward slash raise your game and you'll be able to uh, download the pdf amazing well thank you so much owen for talking to me all about uh, simplifying your organization systems thank you very much christine for having me i appreciate it you've been listening to raise your game i'm christine wong i've been speaking to owen mcgab and now ceo and co-founder of sweet process today if you've missed any of today's conversation you can go ahead download our podcast on the app which is available on the apple app store and google play you can also of course head over to bfm.my listen back to the podcast and of course check out that resource that owen provided as well this is bfm 89.9 Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.